When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to the PHNX Suns Emergency Podcast. Happy National Suns Nets Make a Move Day. <laughs> it's, it's a February tradition, everybody. Let's go. I'm Lindsay. That's Gerald. That's Espo. And that's Flex. And it is NBA trade deadline day. We are an hour away from the deadline, and the Suns have already made some moves. So according to Sham Sharania, Brooklyn is finalizing a trade sending Royce O'Neal to Phoenix for salaries and three second-round picks. Memphis is sending David Roddy to the Suns for a pick swap as a part of a three-way with Phoenix and Brooklyn. Suns pick up O'Neal and Roddy for their postseason rotation. The Suns retain assets after this three-team deal for O'Neal and Roddy, including a second-rounder and pick swaps. Phoenix now has two roster spots open to pursue additions on the buyout market. Initial reactions, everybody. Uh, well, that that graphic might be wrong because we're hearing that Yuda and Shemezi might be going to Memphis as well. So just an update on that. But um, this is it's it's not a super exciting move, but it's a move that helps the Suns like they get a yeah. defensive minded wing. They get a guy that can knock down threes. Um, I know that we've said that before about a couple of guys and they didn't play well and that's why they're being included in this deal. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's, you know, there's confusion over whether he's 6'4 or 6'6. Six, six. I think on basketball reference, he's listed as 6'4 on ESPN and other places. Six, he's 6'6. Six, six, six. yeah. Call him 6'5 and be fine. But he, yeah, <laughs> either way, he's able to guard positions two through four. His best defensive days were in Utah, but he helps. And David Roddy is a big body young player who likes to drive a lot. And with yeah. the sun spacing, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I think he's going to be a part of the playoff rotation. I don't, but he's someone that's worth a look, especially if you're sending out four bodies in this trade. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, 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 we know what we needed. We talked about needing somebody that could play three, four. I'm going with six, six until I'm proven otherwise, <laughs> but you know, six, six, two twenty six. He's known as a glue guy. He's a consummate pro. He's a guy that fits well in locker rooms type of guy that you want during the playoff run. He solved some of the problems. He could shoot the three ball. Uh, Roddy's huge, man. Roddy's huge. Rod Roddy is six, four, two fifty five. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys that, uh, you know, height-wise is smaller, but his wide body allows him to do some unique things on the basketball court. Um, and he's a guy that I liked, you know, coming out of that draft. So uh, I, I think the Suns made this move, but I, I'm not sure they're done. I, I'm, I'm really not. I'm not sure they're done. I know that they were working on an, another deal that fell through just minutes before we came on. And... Uh, 
I, I think that with the two open roster spots and the buyout market, some people are already getting waived. Um, they have a plan, and I wouldn't be shocked if they try to solidify something that Gerald's been asking for for a while, which is a point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 you got We talked about this yesterday. You got to take the trade deadline wave, and then you got to understand that there's the buyout wave, and in the buyout wave, you have more. Your 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 plan is more clear cut because you're not really competing with teams. If you're a prime destination competing for a championship, you know what the parameters are. There's a there's a way to kind of guesstimate some of those things a little better in a buyout market than dealing with another team that has to tangle in a trade market. So the fact that the Suns made this particular move today tells me that there's something else coming, um, whether it's today or in in the buyout. So we don't have updates on anything additional, but we do kind of have an update on who is moving. Shams just tweeted out that Memphis is expected to acquire Yuta Watanabe from the Suns as part of this three-team trade. Sources said Suns are sending out three other minimum salaries, Keita Bates-Diop, Jordan Goodwin, and Chemezi Metu as well. So those are the four names so far that we know. It's it's interesting. I, I kind of feel bad for these guys because it's such a short amount of time that, and we just have completely pivoted on our entire bench squad here, which well, I understand. Uh, and I get it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying like they had to do what they had to do. They were given opportunities. Um, but it's just so fast. Yeah, let's let's be honest. They basically were guys that were holding the chairs down. I mean, it wasn't guys that were playing significant minutes, nor would they. They didn't reach the level that many thought they had the potential to on these deals. I understand the move, but I'm also not going to act like you just just got highway robbery in any way either. This is – Royce O'Neal is a guy that, like you said, his best defensive days are – behind him at least it appears that they were in utah uh he can shoot the three shooting what 36 percent. a lot of them too. yeah he's shooting 36 percent uh, a game in uh this year with brooklyn shoots five and a half of them a game he's a career 38 percent shooter so you hope you get more consistency in those open looks than we've seen potentially with other guys uh but he like we talked about yesterday you may have had nordstrom taste you got you got Ross dressed for less. Royce O'Neal is a guy that that you hope can be a guy that can can help on the defensive end against some of these bigger guys you might face, uh, just just body wise. Uh, but I don't know that this is a giant needle mover. It's a let's do what we can with what we have, and hope that that Royce can be a a positive for us where other guys we don't feel like are on the bench. I think Roddy is a let's see if we can get a younger Roddy's guy a who project. has potential. Yeah, so like like you said, I don't think that we're going to wind up seeing him play major minutes in the playoffs unless there's well, some kind of emergency kind of thing. This is Espo, this is why I'm saying, you know, on paper right now currently at 12:02 this deal mm-hmm. seems like it doesn't, you know, it, it makes some sense, but then you gave up all these bench guys and these security blankets. And so, I mean, you're, you're, the, you're the Phoenix Suns, you're an NBA franchise. You know that you have to fill mm-hmm. those voids, right? And so on paper right now, 12.02, um, it, the deal is what it is, but I'm going to go ahead and wait until the rest of this deadline 
and what we potentially do in the buyout market before I truly evaluate this. Because right now, it doesn't make sense. You don't have enough bodies right now. You got two open roster spots, and you gave up all your insurance policies on top of three picks. Um, I like to believe that that those guys in that office are smarter than uh, most, and they're not going to agree to this deal unless they know something else is lying. Oh, I'm not. I'm not worried about the bench, like the the bench guys that they dealt. I think that you know you look at it and you got slightly better. I don't want to convince anybody that this was some deal that that threw them over the top. So I will say yes, obviously with two open roster spots for the buyout market, the Suns are not done, even if they don't get another trade done. That's right. I feel like at this point, because they had five second round picks, three are going out. They still have two. We don't know which ones are going out yet. Yeah. Um, but they do have two. They have Nas Little's six point three million dollar contract. Yeah. So they they still have an hour to do something. Yeah. Hopefully they are able to do something because I think at this point Nas fits the category of a lot of the guys that went out in terms of we don't know if we can rely on this guy in playing. a playoff minute. He's, He's not, not playing. playing right now. Um, you look at the guys that are going out. Yuda had struggled with the three ball, and that was the biggest thing he was going to do for us was knock down open threes. So not losing a ton there. Jordan Goodwin, I liked his defense. I liked that he was young. I liked that he was under team control beyond this season, mm -hmm. but he wasn't playing either because his shot selection, they, they couldn't really trust it, and he yeah. wasn't holding down that backup point guard spot, which is something that they needed. KBD is the one that I'm like, okay, maybe that's a guy that you could miss a little bit, Yeah, but because like in recent weeks, he was playing good defense, playing he was good. getting minutes, he was shooting the three ball better, um, so he's a guy that you might have busted out in a playoff series depending on the matchup, but other than that, like you're not losing a ton and you still have your biggest contract that you can yeah. trade in Nas Little. So they're not done. I, I like O'Neal. Roddy's do get fine. His bird rights with they have they too, do right? have his bird rights. So they can re-sign him this summer. Um, that gives them kind of the inside track to keep him beyond this season. He's 30 years old, so he's not completely done by any means. Um, and, and to the three-point shooting thing, like he's been pretty open in Brooklyn. If you look at his openness rating with the Nets, he's been pretty open. Yeah. So it's not it's not like the percentages are going to get much better. Um, but he is shooting forty three percent from the corners, thirty nine percent on catch and shoot threes, and forty one percent on wide open threes, where the nearest defender is six feet away. So he's able to cash in on those looks that he's given. If he just eliminates the pull up threes from his diet, he's taking about one and a half of those per game and shooting twenty nine percent on those. If he his gets numbers, rid of those, and he significantly right, better. and he should get rid of those numbers he on this Suns team. He's not going to be taking pull-up threes. pull-up threes with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Brad Beal. So you're right. right about that. I look at this move on paper, and I'm saying, to me, this feels like uh, we think Royce O'Neal was better than KBD. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what this is. You can cut all the fluff and trim all the fat out of it. This was KBD's been playing – but we think Royce O'Neal fits this team better for the long term and in the playoff run because of his experience and his style of play. And so uh, right now on paper, that's how I'm looking at it. And like I said, I'm very interested to see uh, what the next 55 minutes uh, say because we do have still draft picks we can trade. We still got Nasir Little. Um, although I'm interested to see now if Nasir Little is a guy that we keep and maybe – give him another opportunity uh, down the road. So uh, a lot to think about in the next hour. And then again, the trade, the, the buyout market. I mean, you're not going to have two open roster spots, G. Mm -hmm. You're just not. Right. 
And so, you know, you got to uh, you got to kind of read the tea leaves and understand that there's something else coming and they're confident enough to make this deal knowing that that other thing should be coming. Well, so. do you, does Royce, in, in your opinions, give you now seven, eight, if you count bull rotation guys that you're more comfortable with yeah. than where we were sitting 24 hours ago? Yeah. I think so. I think I need to see Royce and his fit with this team because I felt like KBD was kind of trending in that direction. But I think Royce and KBD, that's like, I think Royce is a slight upgrade over that. Hopefully he's a little bit more reliable from three than Bates Diop has been this season. But I, I think we're pushing towards eight reliable rotation players, and that's that's what we could have asked for heading into the trade mm -hmm. deadline. And Royce should, in theory, have a little bit of connection and chemistry with K uh, KD mm -hmm. already, too, yeah. which helps as far as just kind of fast-tracking a little bit, if you will, getting integrated into the Sun squad. I know it's not a huge needle mover or anything to hang your hat on, but mm -hmm. it's something small that you can also throw in there right. too. I'm having a little PTSD with that though, because we said the same thing about Yuda. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, granted the, Royce the, is the more, Royce yeah. is more proven. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding with that. It's just, yeah. I I'm having summer flashbacks. Royce also has playoff experience right. as well. Right. So that's right. a positive. It's not like he's green or anything of that sort. No. He understands playoff basketball. He's been in wars. Yeah. So listen, yeah. I mean, like we said, we're, we had to lower our expectations for the trade deadline in general based on last year's deadline. Mm. We weren't yeah. going to get a huge Kevin Durant-esque no. style trade this year. We all knew that. Mm. Um, and there were limited options for the Suns because of the limited amount of assets that they had to work with. Yeah. With all that said, I do think that so far, I'm not mad at any of this. Yeah, no, I, I, again, we were never going to get a big needle mover at the trade deadline. No. And like there's that one name that kept coming up for a while. I didn't consider him a big needle mover because he his skill set was redundant with what the Suns already had the most of, which was scoring. So I think Royce O'Neal is a good get considering you had limited assets to get to where you are. Yeah. Um, and now you're going to scour the, the buyout market. And a reminder for people, the Suns, because they are a second tax apron team, they can only add players on the buyout market if their contract prior to being bought out was $12.4 million or less. So guys like, you know, I, I've seen Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, oh, um, all these Joe Harris today. Those guys were all making more than $12.4 million, so they're not possible buyout targets. Guys like P.J. Tucker, Bismack Biombo, uh, Daniel House Jr. was just waived. Those are guys that are under that threshold. So yeah. Um, you know, we'll be putting a list together of potential buyout Killian targets. Killian Hayes was just waived. Yes, Killian Hayes as well. Mm -hmm. um, they need a backup point guard. I don't know how attractive that is as an option, but, you know, so, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> Eric, do we have the averages, that uh, the graphic with the averages we can take a look at with both of these guys? So to give you an idea, Royce, like we talked about, 7.4 points, 38, uh, basically 39% from the field, which... You'd always love that higher. Four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, 36.6% from three this year. So that gives you kind of a, a counting stats idea of, 
of what this guy is for this. And team. you know, he shoots so many threes, his field goal percentage is gonna mimic yeah. his three point percentage. So right. He shoot his his game is three pointers. I, and I like the rebounding. Then you look at David Roddy, eight point four points, forty percent field goal, shooting four point two rebounds, one point six assists, and he's not a three point shooter, thirty percent. And what to keep in mind there is he played in Memphis, which has been a hot dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. So those stats are inflated, but it gives you kind of an idea of what his potential maybe yeah when you give when you trade for kevin durant and you give up that much first round capital the way you try to slowly recoup that back is by getting a first rounder from the year before mm-hmm. or a guy that you know was late first round pick and you try to bring him into a better system groom him a little bit and so he's more of a project but i, I do like this kid i mean he is he is a tank this kid's a tank mm-hmm. like when y'all see him play y'all gonna be like damn this kid's big Mm-hmm. And so um, we keep saying we need more size and we need more strength, and he he fits that mold. Like again, PJ Tucker like, okay, is in the sense of Wayne? body. Is he more Ish Wainwright like? Well, Ish you know, and PJ to me were, were similar dudes. I mean, when there's those are rare dudes when they have that body type. Um, so I cut from the cloth. How about we say that? Cut from the cloth of PJ Tucker Ish Wainwright. I'm not saying production. I'm saying body. That's, that's what I'm All right, about. so we have a couple of super chats here. We'll start with Brian's. Brian said, "Is it possible he would be able to play today?" No, 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 no. no. I mean, uh, just getting from Brooklyn to here yeah. would be, <laughs> would be, be an impressive it. feat. Yeah. I mean, if anybody could pull it off, it would be an NBA owner who probably has private jets and everything at their disposal. But yeah, I but doubt what? It, that's yeah. a five-hour flight. He'd, he'd land at what five? The games at at seven at seven. Nah, you, you gotta get a jersey sure made. You 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 the Put your shoes on. Yeah. It's the second quarter. <laughs> you still have to do. Hey, listen, the airport's not that far from the arena. We can make get this in work. There. No way he's playing. He's not playing. Maybe. Maybe Saturday. Saturday maybe, is probably yes. even a maybe, stretch, and that but, might be because they still have to do like the post trade physical and, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, the anonymous Buddha sent us one, and they said, "Yo, good people, please explain the salary situation." Yes, I've missed it, and Espo confused me on Twitter. Also, the seconds uh, we've given up, are they bad seconds or good seconds? What do we retain? Depends. Do you ever think a seconds good? I mean, unless it's like the top five, six in the in the second round. Usually it's a crapshoot. So. Yeah, I mean, look, their second rounders have limited value, especially if we expect the Suns to continue contending. But uh, we're not sure which second rounders are mm-hmm. in or out right now. Um, but we do have some clarification on the math. Our friend uh, David Nash on Twitter providing the outlook there. Um, if you look at the contracts that are going out, Goodwin, Yuda, Metu, and KBD add up to about $8.6 million in salary. The Suns, as a second tax apron team, can take up to 110% of that back. And Royce O'Neal's contract of $9.5 million fits just underneath that threshold. It's about $9.504 million that the Suns can take back. So that's how that side of it works. And then as far as Roddy's contract and taking on his $2.7 million, the Suns have the four different trade exceptions. I'm assuming this might be a simultaneous trade exception because I think non-simultaneous cannot be combined yeah, as part yeah, of trades. Correct. So the Suns are probably using Dario Saric's trade exception which is 4.9 or about 5 million to absorb Roddy's contract. So that's kind of how the mass shakes down. I was kind of surprised because I assumed that to get to that, you know, combined 12.2 million between Roddy and O'Neal, they would be using Nasir's little, little's contract. Um, but that's 
also good news for the Suns that they still have this one trade chip and a second round pick or two to offer um, to make another move before the deadline potentially. So, oh, math. Gotta love it. Uh, we actually do we have that quote uh, from Jock Vaughn on Royce O'Neill as well? I, I found this interesting. It was from a little earlier this year, but obviously Jock's coaching Royce in Brooklyn, and he said he just continues to do it and continues to be an unbelievable teammate. He's proven. I love coaching him. When he gets the opportunity, he takes advantage of it. Uh, does that description not sound like a James Jones type of guy? That, he, mm-hmm. that he yeah. yeah. Well, and like Flex said earlier too, like Royce O'Neill's been talked about as a glue guy as well. It all kind of fits the T for what James Jones yeah. has been known to like within he was, the guys he, he brings to the He was beloved in Utah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they absolutely loved him in Utah. And like we all talked about, he's got playoff pedigree. He's been there. Like he's – the reason why he's an upgrade is because of the experience. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be afraid. Uh, Royce O'Neal's not going to be afraid to put up 10 threes. Like, he's just not. He's not going to pass up shots. I think in his last two games, I don't remember who had tweeted it out, but somebody said in his last two games, I think he attempted 12 and 15. No, it's 11 and 12. He shot oh, 23 and uh, in general, made nine of them. So, so there you go. Yeah. So so he's not going to be afraid to be a guy to put them up. And yeah. sometimes we get too fascinated or too locked in on the percentage of makes. And with this basketball team, the gravity and the threat of taking a shot is just as important. Because it's going to make defenders say, well, I don't know if Royce is going to miss or make it. But damn it, I got to be out there because he will shoot it. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, that opens up lanes for Brad Beal. That opens up lanes for Devin Booker. That opens up uh, space for Kevin Durant. And <coughs> so uh, I think that's the part of this trade that is going to be undervalued. But you're going to see real quick. He'll put him up. Mm-hmm. He'll put him up. All right. We do have a couple more Super Chats here. We've got one from... Trevor, Trevor said, can we still trade for TJ for backup point guard? Uh, I mean, you TJ McConnell, I'm assuming. Yes. If you include, I think TJ makes about eight and a half million, nine. something nine million yeah. around there. So to get there, I think you'd have to do Nas and Bowl, who is yeah. your remaining vet minimum. I I, and I don't think the Pacers are doing that at no. this point. He's He's been pretty valuable to them, especially when, Tyrese Halliburton was hurt there for a while. They like him a yeah. lot. So I wouldn't count on TJ McConnell, though. Hakeem sent us one, and they said, flex on his phone a lot. Give us the details with the eyeball emoji. <laughs> Man, I hate this time of year, guys. So y'all listen to these three professionals here. Flex will be on his phone quite a bit throughout this show, but we're not mad about it. That was that was kind of you to call us professionals. I, I know, At least right? me, I've never been referred to as that. So. No. Uh, Cole <laughs> dropped us a question, too. They said, is Nick Richards still an option? No. He's been off the table for a, no. a little while. Okay. Nick's not an option. So a lot of people in the chat are also talking about Daniel House Jr., who, Gerald, you said, um, got waived here recently. Shams was tweeting out, I think it was Shams or Woj, one of the two of them, mm-hmm. um, was tweeting out that it seems like a lot of teams are going to be interested in Daniel House Jr. Mm-hmm. Are you guys interested in Daniel House Jr. for the Suns? As a fallback, yeah. I, I wouldn't put him at the top of my list. I, I would say he could be an option, especially if the Suns fall into that category of contenders, which I think they do. Um but again, it also depends on what they do with Nas Little here in the next 45 minutes or so. So we're going to have to wait and see. So if we're operating under, let's just play for the sake of playing here. Mm-hmm. 
we have two open spots right now. We're mm-hmm. just going to pretend the sums are debt are done. Mm-hmm. Who are your top guys on the buyout market that well, you would want? I'd love to answer that, but I there's going to be more people that are going to fall that's into true. that buyout market. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, <laughs> that's a tough one to answer it because is. The, we don't got the full deck of cards yet. Um, but I, I like it to be, if, if I can stay away from a name and say a position that works, look at our roster right now. What are we missing? Bigs. Oh, so, so hold on. Go, go one step further. Point, point, or we don't, we don't have a point guard on the yeah, roster. Point guard. I mean, not that, one. I mean, you could argue they never did. So, I mean, <laughs> at the very least, <laughs> you're right. Well, but, okay. But, Devin, Devin is one. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, what, well, what, what I mean, I, I'm that, talking, yes. I'm talking about outside of Devin and Beal. Like Devin and Beal is your backcourt right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got, you got EG. That's not a point guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's about it. Unless you're going into Teo Maladon or Saban Lee or Saban Lee category. Well, that's the thing. I think Are if they don't, guys, if they okay. don't make a trade for a backup point guard, obviously looking to the buyout market is key. But we don't know who is going to be on there. And to be honest, I don't. I'm not. I'm in love with the idea of Killian yeah. Hayes. But at the very, very worst, and this no one's going to be excited about this, but at the very, very worst, if you don't trade for a backup point guard, if you can't find one on the buyout market and you still have one open roster spot, you can convert a two-way guy. I would imagine that would be Saban Lee. Saban Lee. Um, he's gotten minutes. He's shown the value. He hasn't been great in those minutes, but he's shown the value of having a point guard who can handle the ball, likes to get downhill, and can drive and kick. So I know I'm sure the Suns have seen that. That's why we're hearing about backup point guards right now. Um, so that is the absolute last resort. Again, I know no one's going to be excited about that, but at the very least, you have that to fall back on. Uh, somebody in the chat asked about campaign. He was traded to, I believe it was Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Sixers for so, Patrick Beverly. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Beverly yeah. I would have taken campaign back in a heartbeat. Yes. Yeah. And I and I will say the Suns were having conversations about campaign. We talked about it the other day. Me and Espo talked about it this morning. Um, I mean, we joked about it the other day on the post-game show or the pre-game show. Like, you want to just leave campaign behind? Like, we'll gladly take care of him here. Yeah, Um, look... I, I believe. Listen, I'm. I'm. My text. I'm, I believe the Suns are still trying to do something right now. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to be able to do it? Who knows? But I. I can't tell you they're still in conversations as of right now. So I would not say this deadline is over quite yet. Let me. Say, if if things stay the way they are, they have two open roster spots. <laughs> And there isn't a, that point guard that really—I ex- mean, nobody's going to really excite you, but it intrigues you on the buyout. I'm looking Bismack. I'm looking PJ, and it's not just because they've been here. Mm-hmm. I want another uh, center option behind Nurk and Eubanks because I think Bulbul—they've uh, established they want to use him as backup four to KD, mm-hmm. and then PJ because of the locker room stuff we've talked about. If if you're going to add a tenth guy. You know, or a guy that's that's likely not going to play a lot. I'd rather a guy like that that can have a positive voice in in the locker room. And if you get in a situation like you did a handful of years ago in the playoffs in that finals run where guys start dropping like flies, I'd feel a lot more comfortable having PJ Tucker, who's been there, done that, uh, have to go in in an emergency than some you know a guy that doesn't have that. Even even potentially a Roddy if he's not 
getting significant minutes, I might want a PJ Tucker in those high pressure moments more than I want a 22 year old kid. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing I would look at if that's the case. Yeah. I think Tucker and Biombo again on the, by the time you get to the buyout market, the chances of finding someone who's going to be a legit needle mover in that eighth or ninth playoff rotation spot, pretty slim. Um, but like you said, break glass in case of emergency, Tucker, we know he's been there. Biombo, we know he's familiar with Kevin Young and Devin Booker and some of these guys that have been there. We know what he brings in terms of shot blocking and being an athletic, mobile uh, rim protector. I would also like I would love Andre Drummond. I don't know if the Bulls would buy him out. I think they're they're probably looking for deals for him right now. And Mark Stein of the New York Times in last night's newsletter that he puts out said that the price for him is about two second rounders. So um <laughs> which you you now do no longer have that in your arsenal well i think they do i think they do they they had five and i think they sent out three okay, so i think so they, they still so have two, two. All right. um and then Otto porter jr he's another guy that another wing i he hasn't done a lot in toronto but it was just a season or two ago that he was putting up you know minutes for a playoff team and pr playing pretty well so i i have a hard time believing that he's just completely washed at this point yeah. But again, I don't know if that's a guy that would crack your playoff rotation. All right. Why not? I can sent us a super chat and they said outgoing vet men guys had player options next year. Ditching those seems like a net positive for flexibility if teams didn't think, sorry, they were a good fit. I mean, I think it's a fair point. I do. You know, but, you know, I think that's a fair point and it's a, something to consider in all this again i'm not heartbroken over anybody they dealt i, I feel for them as people move, yeah. having to move we, your life yeah, and all that. we can't ignore that no they but, did come in they mm -hmm. were a part of this franchise and this organization like yeah. we owe them a flower for that and some thanks as well but if we're talking strictly basketball i'm i'm looking at it and i go okay i don't see anything that i go well, you hurt your chances, right? I, like I said, I feel for him off the court, having to move your life, having to deal with all that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a pain in the ass uh, talking yeah, to tough. guys that have been dealt at the deadline in the past. But, uh, you know, from bat strictly basketball, strictly Suns perspective, I, I'm not overly concerned with guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, this. Just, this feels like the Suns are redoing their entire day one of free. <laughs> their entire mm -hmm. day one of summer free agency mm -hmm. in the next two to three weeks because you got some time with the buyout market. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've just wiped it all away. They said we had, you had a half, you know, you had up until the trade deadline to have your audition. Some people took advantage of those auditions and some people didn't. Mm -hmm. And so now they hit the reset button and they're back to trying to reshape this thing. Um, but again, Royce O'Neal, uh, you know, uh, and potentially what they can do after this. I'm not going crazy because I think the only person out of the people we traded that, to Gerald's point, makes me feel a little bit of pause is KBD because mm -hmm. um, I did feel like he started to come and, and make some strides in the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think Royce is an upgrade. So. Yeah, and I think there are some elements of his game that might get to shine on a team that has a big three like the Suns do, like – he his passing I think is gonna be really good for their connectivity Royce? in those minutes. Yeah. yeah. He he's I think he's underrated in that regard. 
Um, you look at his advanced stats, even just his like assist to turnover ratio, it's pretty good for a wing. Um, the B-ball index, which dives into a lot of the advanced numbers in a couple of uh, playmaking categories, they have him in the 75th percentile in the NBA in assist points per 75 possessions and the 91st percentile in passing creation quality. So he's a guy that, you know, he's not going to be a primary point guard for you out there when Booker's resting. But he knows how to move the ball. He knows where to move the ball. Um, and he's capable of making some of those connective plays, which is helpful when Booker rests or when Booker's out there. Yeah. So going back to just kind of like it being tough for all the guys who are moved, Yuta did send out a tweet about 30 minutes ago. Um, it was in Japanese and the translation we're, we're trusting is correct mm -hmm. here, but it's uh, translated to this is why life is so fun with a couple laughing face emojis. So didn't he play in Memphis at mm -hmm. one he point? Did. So, he did. so yeah. whether he's going to Memphis or or the Nets, it's somewhere he's familiar with at least. So <laughs> yeah. that's true. Sorry, you but know. it is a bummer. We wish them all the best though at their next stops. And again, thank them for being a part of this squad, even if it was a short stint in Phoenix. Okay, a couple more super chats here. One from Mamadi. They said, please don't trade Bull. We should have kept KBD. As of right now, unless there's a tweet that went out that I haven't seen, Bull Bull is safe so far. Yeah, Bull Bull, Bull seems safe. And, uh, you know, I, I get a little bit, you know, if, if the Suns had done nothing, <laughs> like, what are we talking about today? We're talking yeah, about, like, frustrated. okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they did something. They went out there and got a guy that has playoff experience. And so... Uh, I, I'm, I'm cool with what they did. I don't think they moved Bobo. Well, I feel like they got a more proven KBD in Royce. O'Neal. Yeah. A guy that, uh, you know, what you hoped KBD could do for you, Royce O'Neal has shown he has he done is. it in other places. He yes. is that guy, you know, sure. He has his flaws. He's not going to come in uh, and be a star, but I feel like he's lived up to the potential that you hoped KBD would. So, to me, that's why you make that kind of move. Right. You need known quantities right now, now because the hope that guys would develop into into that on minimums yeah. hasn't panned out. And so. Gerald made a great point yesterday on the show. We're not. You, you didn't need a star. Mm -hmm. You need a star in that role, mm -hmm. yeah. right? You need a role players that are really good at what they do. For his career, he's a, has an established enough resume that I'm comfortable saying I can play Royce O'Neal in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. There's no damn doubt. Unequivocally, Royce O'Neal will be part of this playoff rotation. Mm -hmm. And and I couldn't say that about KBD. Mm -hmm. right? you, you, you hope he would, but there's a part of you that when you watch it, you're like, yeah, that guy could easily not play an entire playoff series. Yeah. So at least we know Royce is coming in and we've talked about the big six. I'm comfortable saying that guy is the seventh guy, and then we'll see how Bobo progresses, and we'll see what the rest is. But they added a rotational piece, man. That guy's mm -hmm. going to play. And, and there's two ways of looking at it, because I know a lot of people are saying, and we even said it, like the Suns basically redid their day one of free agency mm -hmm. by sending out a lot of these guys. But um, I, I don't want to fall into the fallacy of sunken costs. Like All of these guys, except for KBD, were not going to be part of your rotation. Yes. It's better to look at the situation, assess it and say, we need more and right. go out and fix it. Then stick with those guys and just be stubborn and prove a point that no, they're actually good. Like they, they, a lot of them underperformed here. Um, and that's why they're headed out. And I think the Suns did a good job of turning four guys, three at least that weren't part of your rotation and one that might be 
into a guy that probably will be. It eliminates, you know, the doubt and having to navigate, okay, can I trust Yuta? Can I trust KBD? Can I trust uh, Metu? Can I trust Jordan Goodwin? Like having to cycle through all these different options when, to be honest, none of them were seizing can those I, spots. Can I jump on that, G? Hmm. I honestly am shocked that they pulled this off mm-hmm. because from my understandings and my conversations, it took a miracle to be able to move Yuta and KBD mm-hmm. and like some of these guys didn't have value at all. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I was worried that we were going to be stuck with those contracts. Yeah. And so the fact that they were able to move um, some of these guys, I'm, mind blown that they were able to do that and avoid moving little instead. Yeah. Like people have to understand that is a big move. That's going to eventually one way or the other help us out later. For me, it's simple. You look at it and in free agency, you didn't have the ability to go sign a guy for $9 million. Mm -hmm. Right. So you made an investment on these, these guys and contracts you could sign and you flip that investment for a guy that you weren't going to, that type of guy you weren't going to be able to get on the market anyways. So it, so I think it's a win. You, you took those those four contracts that were minimums and you got a guy that's worth significantly more than that for you and, and on the market. So it's a win in that way. I think that's the simple way to look at it. You take, you take it's, you know, the human person element out of it and you look at the numbers and and that's what they did they invested that in those guys and flipped it for a better better option and, and i think there are a lot of questions about whether he'll start or come off the bench yeah hold on we have a super chat let's go ahead and read sure. that one with that billy sent us one and they said do you guys think royce starts and pushes grace into the bench so he can get more looks with the second team um i don't <coughs> think so i think playoffs you could be flexible and you could start royce if you're facing a bigger team and just need more size um but you look at the numbers of that starting lineup i know people have concerns about their size and so do i defensively the offensive rebounding that they're prone to giving up with that lineup but even with those concerns it's still statistically dominant and since the suns have been on the 16 and 6 tear they're number two in the league in offense and they're number 10 in the league in defense so like they're still playing really well, even with the size concerns, the defensive concerns, the rebounding concerns with that group. I don't know if Royce comes in and takes that starting job with as high as they are on Grayson. Yeah. But you can be flexible come playoff time if yeah. the situation well, calls well, for it. You're nailing it. Playoff time. That's mm-hmm. months down the road. I mean, the right. dude ain't the dude's probably still in his condo in Brooklyn. Like <laughs> we talking. <laughs> Don't even ask about starting. Like, I don't think that dude getting off a plane is starting. Like, mm-hmm. he don't know the system. He got to learn his teammates. He ain't, no, I don't think he's starting right now. Down the road, like G said, playoff time. We build some continuity. Uh, to piggyback on what G is saying, I'm going to simplify it a little bit. I'm going to dumb it down a little bit. You said 22 games. I'm going to say 14. Mm-hmm. 11 and 3. 11 and 3 in the last 14. Call it what you want. This is a team that's been getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, if, you, if you start a year 11-3, and three, you're probably top of the, v- of the NBA. So mm-hmm. they're, they're playing good enough basketball. Those numbers you, you just said as far as offense and defensive efficiency mm-hmm. is being ignored. Yeah. I'm not hearing anyone talk about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, call a spade a spade. This team is getting better. And I think they got better on paper with this deal. Let's see what the next stuff. Look, I don't, 
I care who starts, but what I think this does is it changes your rotations where, where uh, you know, you can see Grayson play more minutes mm-hmm. with the bench. You can see Royce potentially slide in there later in games if you need mm-hmm. uh, defense or whatever the, the case may be. It gives you more options within the game, and that's the more important thing to me here is, is it changes up those dynamics. Yeah, and one thing I did want to add is there's the Kevin Durant dynamic that um you know he was a teammate with KD for a little bit there in Brooklyn and his numbers with KD versus without KD are pretty different you know we we said something similar about Utah so yeah, I will preface yeah. it by acknowledging that mm-hmm. um but if you look at his numbers pre KD injury he was putting up nine and a half points about five rebounds four assists one and a half steals plus blocks he was shooting about 41 percent overall 42 percent from three and he was getting about f- almost five wide open threes per game. Since KD left in Brooklyn, the numbers have dropped to under eight points, about five rebounds, three assists, about 1.3 stocks, um, shooting less than, you know, about 37% overall, 36% from three. This tweet is a little bit old, but the numbers have held up there. So, like, I, I do think there is a case to be made that getting back with KD, sharing the floor with a guy like that that you're familiar with, that you've had some chemistry with, can have a positive impact, and that's just KD. That's not even acknowledging that Book and Real could be out there as Correct. well. So Correct. hopefully that gives you some optimism if you're in the camp that Royce O'Neal is is mid as hell. You I've know, seen that you know, it's another times. thing I like to look at. I like to take it one step further, and mm-hmm. I know it's not going to be a big sample size. Right. What I'm about to say, people are going to be like, "Well, shit, they didn't have many games together." Mm-hmm. But I I'd, I'd be interested to see what Royce O'Neal looked like uh, with. The other guys mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, uh, Kyrie, mm-hmm. uh, James Harden, James Harden, Katie, right? Because um, that's kind of what he's coming into here. He's coming into another big three, and I'm interested to see if you know what he looked like with that big three. Although we already know that big three only played like an X amount of games. Yeah, don't so don't worry, I can, do, I can do the math by hand. There wasn't that many. Yeah, games. There wasn't, wasn't that many games. <laughs> I will say this too. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to kind of shit on the rest of these guys on this team. I want to say this: mm-hmm. we talked about the big six being Book, Bill, KD, Grayson Allen, Goodwin. I mean Gordon and Nurk. Mm-hmm. I feel good about Royce O'Neal, Josh Okogi, Eubanks, and Bo. Mm-hmm. I do. That's ten, mm-hmm. right? That's ten. I I can honestly say right now, I feel good about those ten guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still not done, and I'm not sure which of these guys of those 10 are going to kind of solidify that spot to make it very clear I'm part of the 8-9 man playoff rotation. But I like I like those 10 guys. Mm-hmm. They've shown enough um, Royce coming in, but I've seen enough from Royce in his career to know that that guy's going to come <clears throat> in and probably fit in very well. So, I mean, 10, 10 guys I just mentioned. Who on that 10 do you feel one – is is not capable or has not earned at least the benefit of the doubt. I think there I think there are reasons to have questions about three of those guys. I think Eubanks, Bull, and Akogi, just because we know like with Eubanks, the consistency, he's been better recently. He's been better. He's been better recently, so he's pushing towards the right direction. Yes. Um Bull, I still need to see more. Small I've seen sample size. in what I've seen in the small sample size, I think he could be ready for that, but and I still can, can he stay healthy too? Can he stay healthy and can he survive when playoff defenses are going to be more prudent to target him routinely? 
And then a Kogi, just because of the three-point shooting thing, it can get in his head and it can affect his play on both ends a little bit when teams leave him that open. So I think there are reasonable questions about those three, but I do think all three of those guys have been trending in a more positive direction lately. And again, that comes with everyone being healthy and guys being in more consistent spots in the rotation. So hopefully they can continue to push that way um, because even with the bench concerns, like we said, top 10 defensive team, top two offensive team over this stretch where they've really turned things around. But by the way, I demand the Suns get the tape measure out and end this Royce O'Neal controversy. <laughs> is he 6'4 or mm. is he 6'6? Six, six? Some it's like the old Charles Barkley thing. Everybody said he's actually 6'4, mm. but he was always listed at 6'6. Six, six. I mean, I it's like KD, too. KD's 7'6, 6'10, 6'11. I was like, while we're at it, I mean, throw KD. Book at one point coming out, he said he was 6'7", he's 6'5". Yeah, ba- basketball reference has him listed as 6'4". NBA.com and ESPN have him at 6'6". So, and like Flex said, let's just split the difference, call it 6'5". 6'5", 226, that's let's, what he let's is. Leave it there. Is there a chance he started at 6'6", six, six and age and is just making him 6'4"? I don't right? think that happens at age 30. Or but would it be the opposite? <laughs> Did he start at 6'4 and he grew a little yeah, bit He's just stretching himself Maybe. somehow. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more super chats here. The first one is from Trevor. Trevor said, can you guys explain the Shams post about three-team trade? Um, like just the Are you talking about trade. The, I think it's the Suns one. Is so, the Suns, Nets, and, and Memphis? Based on what we know so far, <clears throat> the Suns are getting Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies are getting Yuta, mm-hmm. and the Nets are getting the other three guys. Metu, um, Goodwin, and KBD. Yes, thank you. Um, I think the math the math works for the four vet minimum guys they're sending out, and Royce O'Neal's nine point five million dollars salary. And then for David Roddy's salary, that's being absorbed into one of their trade exceptions. Yes. Um, Which so I think is what, we, the Dario one? Yes, probably the Dario one since that's about $5 million and David Roddy makes 2.7. Mm-hmm. And I think the other two trade exceptions, they have, they have four. The Two of them are less than that amount, I'm pretty sure. Wee, wee, wee. Uh, breaking yeah. news. It's, ra- it's raining in downtown Phoenix. I just it wanted is. to let it's, everybody know. It's, it's so pouring new. rain in downtown Phoenix. Massive Phoenix. troll man. That's literally what you did that for? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. pouring here. I just wanted everybody to be aware. I mean, honestly, I did look over. I was man, like, what is that yeah. noise? Who's tapping on our window? It pours up or whatever. That was your Joker whatever. moment of the yes, day. Yes, it was. Oh, I'm wearing the purple pit. Eric freaked out when I texted him. Like, just hit it. Just hit it. This freaking guy. Um, love y'all. Sent us a chat. Love you back. Said Ish Wainwright and Bismack Biombo. Who says no? I mean, uh-huh. I, oh. I I love Biz uh, and I love Ish too. Like it'd be awesome to have Ish back. But I think they're going to aim a little bit higher to start on the buyout market, assuming that they're done making moves. So the anonymous Buddha sent us another one as well. They said, "Why are people giving this trade a B? We got back Roddy, high upside, and Royce. Royce is a Grayson Allen caliber guy. I swear." Plus, Royce guards bigger. That would help us when we need defense. Katie won't be the only one. I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. I think that's a very good way of looking at things. Um, Royce O'Neal has more in his bag than people think. And it's easy for these numbers and stuff to get lost when you're on a really bad team in Brooklyn and stuff is all over the place. But, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that. I will say this. I would not be shocked mm. if we're sitting here at the end of the season asking how much we're going to have to pay Royce O'Neal to come back. Mm. Okay? And we were just having this conversation about Grayson. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah, I, I think both those guys could carve out a role on this team that's long term. He's 30 years old. Brad Beal's 30 years old. No one's giving up on Brad Beal. Yeah. So Royce O'Neal's still got a lot of basketball in the team. Yeah, absolutely. I think for Roddy, though, it's um, Roddy's 22. I, I would just have low expectations initially. Like, David, yeah. like, listen. There's high upside there because of his age and his abilities, but I don't think he's somebody that's going to come in right away and make a huge no, splash. So just have that type of a realistic expectation with him. Like he's going to be a guy, if he stays on this team long-term, who's going to be a little bit of a project, somebody that they can put some energy and effort into help developing and growing within this league and who he is as a basketball player. Yeah, he'll probably be in summer league in Vegas. Yeah, like don't year. expect him to come in and be like a huge difference maker right off the bat. Right. No, but he, no. Was, he was good at Colorado State. He's, he's a he good was, player. He's got a lot of talent. There's a reason he was, what, the 23rd pick in 2022? There's also yep. a reason yeah. Memphis gave up on him that early, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two sides yeah, of it. Of course. Right? right? He was he was good. He's got potential. He was a first-round pick, but Memphis got a quick look at him and said, ah, we don't think so. Mm-hmm. But um, we've seen plenty of those stories in the NBA where guys are giving up on way too early, uh, and then they develop, and you're like, oh, damn, good job. So I think this is a project. We'll see him in summer league. And uh, shit, I, I, I think you look at a guy like that, and you're going to the university of the big three. That's what you're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a different situation yes. than Memphis, right? Yes. You know, so, I mean, even Bull Bull is a great example, right? Perfect uh, example. He, he's a guy that other places was viewed as a disappointment, like we've talked about. Here you come in with different expectations, and you can find a role that you can survive and thrive in. And and that may be what happens with Roddy. Like, mm-hmm. you may find a very specific role for him that he – that he fits. You may not, but getting a 22-year-old that was a first-round pick a few years ago is is a good move for this team that isn't going to have an option to bring in solid young talent because they have only two second-round picks left. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know they'll have their own first in some of these years, but this is an opportunity to take a flyer on a guy that could wind up having uh, having an upside. Yeah. So we did put a poll in the chat, and we asked you guys what the grade was, and that's. But they're referencing here. So 54% of you said a B, 20% of you said a C, 19% said A, and 6% said D or lower. Where, where was call me in about three months and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I always feel with I this. mean, that's fair, especially when you know it's, again, it's not a big Kevin Durant trade that you know is immediately going to kind of just be like, you know that's an A move because you make that deal 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. So you gotta give it a little yeah. bit of time. Depends on who you are in the valley, <laughs> right? And and it, like I, I keep seeing people are underwhelmed and saying you know we're trying to sell Royce O'Neal to the fans and all this I'm stuff. Trying but to like, sell a damn it's one of those things. I mean, he's where here. We gotta get in on it one way or the him. other. It's one of those things where I will fully acknowledge that like as fans of any team fans of any team are going to talk themselves into their guys their new guys <laughs> like that's just that's part of draft night it's part of free agency it's part of trade deadline that's just how it works but i do think in this case like there's a reason we were pitching royce o'neill weeks ago as a potential target that would make sense yesterday um because <laughs> yeah. well even before that though yeah. like it, it, it's one of those he's a guy that we've had on our radar for a reason and I don't know. Like he's he helps. He could be part of your eight or nine man playoff rotation. And that's what expectations were coming into the trade line. If you could get a guy that fits that category, you did well this trade deadline considering the assets that you had at your disposal. And to be honest with you, even if they hadn't made a move and this is going to be controversial, but even if they hadn't made a move, 
like Vogel said, they were comfortable with what they had. This is a team that has been on a tear since late December. They've been putting it together since they've stayed healthy. It's coming internally. So if you can add external additions to that that help boost you in the right direction, that's a good thing. And what they gave up, the only guy that was getting minutes recently was KBD. So yes, you lose three second round picks, but this is a decent move. It's not a huge needle mover, but it pushes it a little bit. And that's all you wanted. So one thing that's been brought up quite a bit, and we will get into this more later on today, because we do have a game tonight, you guys. Uh, But Bradley Beal and Devin Booker have been added to the injury report for the Suns. Both of them are questionable. Bradley Beal with a right ankle sprain and Devin Booker with left hip soreness. Everyone's asking, who's going to play tonight if those two are out? We need to stop having games the day of the trade deadline. It makes no fucking sense. The league should stop it in general. There should be nothing scheduled on... Nothing. Uh, it's not fair to any team that yeah. makes a move. No, make it a make it like a big event. Make it a, a televised thing. You could even do it make, in the evening if you want. But like the deadline at night. Yeah, mm-hmm. deadline at night. Like we would have a lot of fun with that. And half of these teams are depleted because guys have been traded. It's an emotional day around the league. It's exhausting for us having to cover it. Like fans, by the time the game starts, are like tapped out. Like I remember last year when they did the Kevin Durant trade, that Hawks game, I was just like watching it on fumes. I was like, this is pointless. They got their asses kicked. They had half of their bench available. Like it's just stupid. We even have games on today. Do you remember 2015? Yeah. Uh, they had 12 guys on the roster <laughs> yeah. back then. Yep. They literally dealt five of them yep. with five minutes to go uh, in, in before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Like, And they were on the bus to fly to the city they were playing in the next night. Like, This stuff is, is insane how fast it could happen. And then, yeah, you could be left playing. I mean, some teams have gone six guys on, on trade deadline night. It's not it's, – it's messed up. And tonight could be – a real weird night for the Suns. You could see Azubuke and Sabin Lee get minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you could see Bull Bull putting in you know, 20, 25 tonight just because you you don't have numbers if Beal or Book or both wind up out. Yeah. Like you're, you're going to have if some weird rotation. they're both out, I think we all just need to collectively agree at this moment that this game just doesn't count. Yeah. Let's just do that. We, we just, didn't have just, some fun just with save, it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll have fun with it. Yeah, but they might've, they might've, just in case, let's do that. They might have already come to that conclusion. Uh, yeah. All right. Can, can do we want to take a look at some of the others? Yes, deals? but we have one yeah. more super chat before we do that. Uh, Leo sent us one, and they said, "Keep an eye out on Tyler Eulis and Alfred Payton." Just kidding. <laughs> but how about Javon Carter? I think the only place you should keep an eye out for Tyler Eulis and Alfred Payton is at your local YMCA. All right. Yikes! <laughs> Shout out to the homie Tyler Eulis, man. <laughs> hey, it's no hate. I mean, it's just the reality it's right no now. No hate. I'm they just. Ain't- they ain't playing in the league right now. I mean, that is an Tyler's active had put down. Two hip surgeries, man. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. No, oh, man. <laughs> now I'm not talking about you. That's <laughs> all right, guys. It's fine. You can hate on me. I don't care. <laughs> it's whatever. So we do have just over ten minutes left um, before the trade deadline officially comes to a close. Espo, mm-hmm. I do think we should look at some of the other trades that have happened today. Um, you want to go in reverse order, Eric? We'll start with the Timberwolves and Pistons. Since that one's showing up here. So the Timberwolves receive Monte Morris. The Pistons receive Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. And a second round pick. I liked this for the Timberwolves a lot, actually. Um, Jordan McLaughlin, they weren't really giving him minutes in that backup point guard spot. So that was a need for them. And Monte Morris just came back from injury. He hasn't played many games this season. But 
it was just a couple of years ago that he was one of the best backup point guards in the NBA with the Nuggets. Um, so I like that move for them a lot. He was a guy that I kind of wanted the Suns to kick the tires on a little yeah. bit. And I don't know if they could have competed with that offer unless they threw on, you know, multiple second round picks. But I like O'Neal a little bit more for what they got. So that's a good move for the Timberwolves who are in that like virtual four way tie for first place right now. Uh, I I agree. I want the Suns to figure out a point guard in this last 10 minutes. Uh, That would be nice. And if you agree with me, get us to 300 likes. Flex will will put in the call and we'll make it happen. No pressure. We're not saying to who, though. He'll call someone on the show. I'm done putting in calls. (laughs) I can't. I'm counting these damn minutes down. And I'm I'm shutting the phone off for a week. But no, I I think this is a good move for Minnesota. Much like what the Suns are doing, you're just trying to fortify little areas that may be Mm -hmm. of, uh, of question for you so uh i I like i I like that effort that 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 they did there to do that not not a a huge mover that's going to solidify them as as one in the west but does stuff to help you okay so a couple that have just come through recently and then we'll go back and do some of the earlier ones the atlanta hawks are keeping guard Dejounte murray sources tell espm so no trade for him Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pacers are trading Marcus Morris, a second round pick in cash to the Spurs for Doug McDermott. And the Spurs are likely to buy out Marcus. No, Morris. no, no. Espo, come no. on down. No. <laughs> Bad sons. Don't think about it. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are trading Robin Lopez to the Sacramento Kings. Sources tell ESPN Lopez is expected to be waived and become a free agent. Yes. I'll take Robin Lopez. Is that third center i love robin lopez oh my goodness hey you will be able to fight any mascot in the league with robin lopez on the roster but the content (laughs) you guys the content all right now we'll take a peek at some other ones so i already know i'm going to kill this name because i always do the thunder received gordon hayward the hornets received trey man davis bartons and vasilie mitch Metichich. 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 It's M-E-T-Z-I-T-C-H. That's the pronunciation, but I still always struggle with it. And draft compensation. I look, if Gordon can stay healthy, it's a, a vet guy on that OKC team. A lot of young guys there could be uh, somebody that that gives you some solid minutes and, and helps you. Uh, you know, depending on where you are in the playoffs, but health has always been. The biggest question with Gordon Hayward and and age at this point as well. But, you know, again, for trying to fill holes with not trading anything major, Mm -hmm. I like it. And draft compensation for OKC means nothing. Yeah, they they really didn't have to give up part of their rotation for a guy that can help them if he's available. And if he's not, then guess what? You didn't have to impact your rotation at all. So good move for a team near the top of the West there. Um, Kind of a unfortunate for the Suns as a team that might have to face them in a playoff series. But again, we don't really know what's left in the tank for Hayward. He's kind of been wasting away in Charlotte there. So he could fill a role for that team or he could be irrelevant, but we'll see. So the next one, we've got the Mavericks receiving PJ Washington, two second round picks and the Hornets receiving Grant Williams, Seth Curry and a 2027 first round top two protected pick. I like what the Mavs have done at the trade deadline. Um, I hate it. I, I, well, yeah, I mean, I like it for them. I hate it for <laughs> us or whoever has to go against them. But 
uh, like obviously getting off like Grant Williams was stinking up the joint in Dallas there. So turning him and a first into PJ Washington is pretty good. And they also added Daniel Gafford, which now they've got Derek Lively and Daniel Gafford, two guys who are similar above the rim threats there. Um, all they had to give up was Rashawn Holmes and mm -hmm. whatever draft compensation it wound up being. Um, Gafford's a good player and yeah, whether he's good. the new starter or the backup because Derek Lively has been really good for them they're going to be able to play consistently no matter which one of those two is in there so um, Dallas definitely bolstered their depth today and, and added some extra options around Kyrie and Luka yeah Dallas scares me a little bit with what they did I mean I don't think they're a threat to win it all in the West but I think they're a much tougher out now if you draw them uh, in the playoffs and they were 24 hours ago uh at least Devin doesn't have to worry about uh random cheap shots with uh with their, his boy there getting <laughs> traded from Dallas but yeah man I I like what Dallas is doing here yeah that's the that's the thing you 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 got better basketball wise Gafford and, and PJ are tough uh, I know Grant hasn't been great but he brought some toughness that they've been missing for a while yeah. and now he's out the door and so sometimes, again, you 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 deal with some things that don't show up in the box score. He was playing that tough guy role a little bit. I don't know how good he was playing it, but he brought some toughness. And, again, he's he's out the door. So, But they got better, yeah. They got better. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to hmm. sit here and do backflips and be like, oh, my God, the Mavericks, watch out. Like, they got a guy that's probably going to back up their starter. So they uh, Gaffer's probably going to back up Lively. And P.J.'s got potential. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think they – I think the Knicks probably have won the deadline, but Dallas is a a close second. By the way, Marcus Morris can't come here. He made too much money. So, and, oh, there's, man. and there's a name that's going to come up. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is actually going to be waived by the Raptors Ooh. who just traded for him. His contract also above $12.4 so the Suns cannot have him either. Wah, wah. Uh, I saw Tyus Jones' name come up as well. A, I don't think the Wizards would buy him out. And B, even if they did, he makes $14 million, so that's, that's not going to work either. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't mean to... Just killing all the Don't vibes, mean to shit on your hopes guys. and dreams here. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Just you let us have fun for like five <laughs> minutes before so, you just so come in and crush our souls. Sorry, the Dinwiddie thing scares me mm -hmm. because, um, one, we can't get him, mm -hmm. but he's a good player. Mm -hmm. And so it depends where he ends up, but uh, I'm hoping it's not somewhere that's going to make life tougher on us. And, well, and I won't be surprised if it is because that's just how this thing works out. What you benefit from is there a lot of the other West – major west contenders are in the same spot you are money wise above that first apron mm -hmm. so so hopefully that prevents him from going to somebody that's extremely dangerous against you yeah that's the hope mm -hmm. brian sent us a super chat and brian said like playing poker sons looked at their hand and decided to draw four new cards because they didn't think the other cards were part of a winning hand or were they playing uno and did they get a they draw, draw four. two <laughs> <laughs> Come, on. Come on, man. God. Oh, my goodness. Gerald's not up for this today. I'm not. <laughs> just stop I'm it, really man. not. Just stop it. Oh I, can, I can hit the breaking news. It stopped raining in Phoenix, just so you know. Wee, oh. wee, wee. <laughs> I didn't say actually news. hit it. Oh, my <laughs> you didn't have to, Espo. We knew it. We could see it in your soul. It's just because we know you that well. 
All right, guys, we are three minutes away, two minutes now away from that 1 p.m. deadline. How are you guys feeling as a whole about this year's deadline? I think I was kind of surprised that we didn't get anything earlier. It's pretty normal that we kind of get everything popping off in the last like two to three hours. Yeah. Um, how I are you feeling overall? I don't know. I feel like sometimes a lot of the biggest deals that go down are the ones that happen in like November or December. Like we saw the James Harden trade. We saw the OG and Anobi trade. Those were bigger ones. Um, These these ones have more been tinkering. And I think it kind of speaks to a a lot of teams are not going to give guys up unless they give get tremendous value for those guys. And B, like everyone in the league, for the most part, a lot of teams are trying to be more competitive now. Like you look at the West, there's a lot of teams that are trying to make moves to get better. There aren't as many, like it feels like there aren't as many sellers as there were in the past. And because of that, the sellers want more for their guys. So um, it's kind of been an interesting day in terms of guys, like Spencer Didwitty to me, I was surprised that they traded him for so little value and I'm surprised that he's getting bought out now. Um, So it's just, it varies around the league now, but kind of a weird trade deadline. Yeah, Brendan had a question. Is there a difference Mm -hmm. between buyout and waive? I've seen this asked a lot today. My understanding is it's not in this situation. I'm not honestly 100% sure. I think a buyout, like a player is still getting money. I'm not waived. I'm not entirely sure. I think I meant sure in, in terms of the CBA. No. Model. Right. Yeah, if so. you waived a board, well, here's it. Yeah. If you waived a board out, I think it's the same you can't, thing. I don't know the if you only, can waive a contract that's like a bigger contract, then it's a buyout. But I'm not 100% sure. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you waived a board out, you can be signed by a team. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what they're trying to figure out. So a buyout is when a team and a player agree to a lower amount than what's guaranteed. Correct. So that's why you typically see it with bigger contracts Contract, there. Yeah. So they still get a significant chunk of change there. Uh, Woj says the Raptors are keeping Bruce Brown so he won't wind up in the West as a problem for the Suns. Okay. So that's a bon- that's mm-hmm. a win. At yeah. least one big name didn't find his way out into the West. To a so, contender, yeah. yeah. So just to put a bow on it, so buyout and waived are essentially mm-hmm. the same thing. The difference thing. is that they renegotiated. How much? Versus being waived is just like you. Yeah, get so what you're you got. making 25 million. I, right. I agree to buy you out and give you 20. Yeah, but they're so essentially the same go, thing yeah, from the rules perspective. Is what a, we're a buyout is a form of being waived. Waived right. is you still yes. get what you're guaranteed, which is why you see lower salary guys Correct. get waived outright because right. they're just like, yeah, take your 2.9 million or whatever. Buyouts are for bigger contracts yeah. where it's like you're gonna get less than what was guaranteed, but you're still gonna right. get a lot of money, and now you can sign with another team. Correct. Um. Yeah, so trade deadline, it feels like is pretty close to over. Yeah. I do want to say like the Celtics had a good deadline as well. Like adding Xavier Tillman for two second round picks, that was the type of move I would have liked to see the Suns take a swing on. Yeah. And it feels like the Celtics continue to get really great value for little in return. Like the Porzingis trade, the Derek White trade, they've been doing a really good job over there, which is unfortunate because they might be, if the Suns do make it out of the bloodbath that is the West, that's the team that might be waiting for them in the East, but yeah, damn, uh, damn them. I'm having the luck of the Irish with them. They always, I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like there's certain teams that always just kind of find a way to fall into better value. And I guess you could give credit to the front office Mm -hmm. in a lot of those cases, but still it seems like some, uh, 
<laughs> Some teams have better luck with it. So than others. Crispy Hayne said Chicago Bulls are keeping Andre Drummond. Lee sources tell NBA on TNT and Bleacher Report. Mm, crispy. So there's that too. <laughs> so yeah, I doubt. He, like I said, I doubt he will make it to the buyout market there, but we'll see. Well, yeah. it has officially come and gone, you guys. It is one o two p.m. Now, I do think there's still like the wiggle room area yeah, where as long as it's been off, so. kind of submitted, I think it still counts. Okay. Yeah, you we, still got some. Uh, there's always got, some wiggle got, room yeah, for that. still got a couple minutes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think we might be looking at the buy market, guys. I mean, we, we buried the lead here. There was one deal here at PHNX. Flex and I traded chairs for mm -hmm. cash considerations. Yeah. Flex, Flex has agreed to give me two hundred dollars so he could sit on the end. So wow. you're here I'm first. getting that two hundred dollars from Wellens. Desert Financial Credit Union. <laughs> hey wow! This was, wow! Was a, I wasn't setting I'm him really up, proud. and he still used this was it. A Look at three that. team deal. Look at you guys <laughs> go. Flex, you're officially one of us now that you've done the ad. It must be the chair. It must be the chair. <laughs> must be the I chair. just got some different juju. Yeah. Oh my. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, is that is that the end of our show? We want to hang out a little bit longer? What are you guys thinking? Well, I mean, is there anybody you're surprised that didn't make a deal in the West that you thought might to try to help them? The Lakers? The Lakers and the Warriors are probably the two that stand out. I know the Steve Kerr had said the other day that they feel like they still feel like their group could accomplish something special, but it, it just it feels like a waste to waste the year that Steph is having with a team that's fighting for a playing spot. I feel so bad for Clay right now. I He's do. down bad. He is. And I hate like Listen, I'm not a Warriors fan, mm -hmm. but there's not a single bone in my body that's like, oh, I kind of can see myself rooting for the Warriors. Not at all. But I feel really bad for Clay. He can go into his safe deposit box and cry into his rings. Like, I know, but still, <laughs> I don't feel bad for tough. anybody on that Warriors I used team. To, you know what's funny? I used to be the biggest Clay Thompson fan. Mm -hmm. I was a huge Clay fan. I would defend him to the end of the earth. And then he kind of shifted a little bit. His personality mm. shifted a little bit. He got he started getting a little too cocky. He started, uh, you know, doing things that are out of out of his character. I think. And then I kind of turned completely. Now I can give two dams about Clay because I I feel like um, I don't know something changed. I mean I get it. He got beat down pretty bad for about three years. Those those injuries he had mm -hmm. was brutal. And I could imagine there were a lot of people taking shots at him. And he built up some type of animosity towards that. But I feel like he's never came back to who he was before the injuries. He's just kind of. Well, it's hard. You got injuries and you're getting older. Like, it's yeah. a double whammy. We did yeah. get uh, a trade, obviously, after the the day deadline, though. There might be some last minute deals that come through. But the Warriors are trading Corey Joseph to the Pacers. So they did make a move. We don't know what they got for <laughs> so, that move because it looks traction. like they just dumped a third string player. Um, so congrats, Warriors, for making a move. They <laughs> like, got in on the action. They don't want to miss out. We need to see what they got for that or why they did that. But that's nothing to me, really. I am. I'm very surprised the Lakers and the Bulls didn't make moves. Yeah, these were two teams that we heard so many, so many rumbles about. No, this guy and that guy, and they want to do this, and then then they came out. Not doing anything really, and yeah. that's uh, I mean, that's, that's the deadline for you, right? Uh -huh. That's the deadline for you. Mm -hmm. These guys spend months talking to each other non stop all over the league, 
And then the deadline comes and it's like, nope, you know, all those conversations were for nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm shocked Chicago. I think the Zach thing kind of threw them for a loop when he ended up getting the surgery and he's out for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, um, Denver? Did Denver? Denver didn't do anything. But Denver, I I don't feel like – I mean, they could have tried to add a bench guy. Yeah, I don't think they needed Tinkered. Yeah. I'm just just happy that they didn't – Get stronger, right? Right. Hello brings up a good point. The Hawks too. <clears throat> Hawks. I mean, too. the Hawks were a team you heard a million things about, mm-hmm. and they wind up mm-hmm. not doing anything. Power in the West has it? Did, did it shift at all today? Is there anything that you looked at and went, "This dramatically changed things"? No, Mm-mm. not at all. I think no. the Thunder and Timberwolves got a little bit stronger on the margins. Um, Nuggets and Clippers are still formidable, and then the Suns got a little bit better on the margins too. Right. I again, I, I think the buyout market is going to change a lot of this stuff. I think that's when you can, because I mean, look at it. I mean, the Clippers. The Clippers are very good, and they got a guy named Russell Westbrook. And remember, that's remember how they got Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. He was bought out last year, right? Yeah. Do you see a Russell Westbrook type no, guy? I, well, no. I mean, because the rules have changed. But I'm I'm just saying, like, you know, Reggie Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Denver, right? And so there's gonna be some shifting. I'm not. Ta- I'm not even talking about for the Suns. I'm talking about in general. Yeah. Um. I just I, there's yeah, gonna I just be mean, a guy that's gonna fit somewhere and so, change the power, balance the power. So we did finally hear the Pacers sent a second round pick to the Warriors for Joseph and Cash. Way to go, so Warriors. That was the Warriors' last minute move. <laughs> Season yeah. saved. Love to see it. Um, there was a comment from Matthew in the chat said, these dumb new cap rolls right as we get a rich owner who spends tons of money. It really is he, shitty It timing. is. <laughs> like, the more that we're learning, like, because you, you end up getting more insight into how it affects even the players and things of that nature. I don't know how they signed off on all of this. Yeah, I don't. I get, don't think people fully understood, like at the like the players and the association. I don't know if everybody fully understood how this genuinely affected everything. I I still feel like they snuck a bunch of this in after KD got dealt here. Yeah, they're like put in all this fine print. The new owner of the Suns isn't going to realize what's going on, and yeah. we're going to screw them. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy, know, but it sucks. <laughs> but our rich owner will still have to pony up quite a pretty penny for uh, Royce O'Neal and Grayson Allen for next season. If they damn well better. <laughs> so, at least we still have a rich owner for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the the real test is going to be how deep into the luxury tax he's willing to go. Because, like, we've seen him be aggressive to add KD. We've seen him be aggressive to add Brad Bill. The question is, this summer, when you look at Royce O'Neal being a free agent, you have his bird rights. Grayson Allen being a free agent, you're able to sign him to a bigger deal as well. Are you going to be able to pay up for those guys to keep guys or are you going to have to be doing this thing every year where you have to reshuffle the decks with nothing but vet minimum contracts to add guys like the Suns are going to be an attractive team. They're going to be able to get guys on vet minimums that maybe you didn't think would be available. Um, but that's going to be the real test in terms of like I how much money does he want to put up? Because it's going to be real expensive. I think I think initially he's not going to have a problem putting up. Yes. I think I think he's going to put up, he's going to pay Grace and he's going to pay Royce. And then uh the results will start to matter, mm-hmm. right? You start mm-hmm. cutting those 100%. checks and you don't make it to at least the conference finals or you're not threatening to be a championship team, 
then you start thinking twice about cutting those checks. But I think uh, I think it's too early, and he's too early in his tenure to back out of what he said. He cl- he clearly has said plenty of times, uh, money doesn't matter to me. With success comes money, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna see. Um, if he if he backs it up, but I trust him this summer. I think, and then again, you know, you can always sign those guys and trade them later. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can commit to that, mm-hmm. and then and then move on later. But uh, gonna gonna be interesting to see how he handles things. For everyone asking where Saul is, he also got traded. traded this week to yeah. the PHNX Cardinals show for cash considerations, which we're still waiting on. Hopefully the check clears yeah, here heard. soon. There was more to that deal. We all got more work as part of it, too, on the Sun Show. So. No, but he is helping out for Super Bowl week. He'll be back um, midway through next week, though, yeah. for uh, everyone asking. You guys, want, you guys want a fun fact before we go? Sure. Royce O'Neal will become just the third player in Suns history to wear double zero. Do okay. you have anybody have uh, an idea of who the other two were? I should probably know this, but I honestly never pay attention to jersey numbers. Double zero. Flex is... is, uh, Was Jermaine O'Neal zero or double zero? No, Jermaine O'Neal was not. There was a recent double zero. Marquise Chris wore zero, right? Yeah, he wore zero. There was was. a recent double zero, and then there was one that was... He was a guy that was a vibes guy. A vibes guy? What did... um, What's his face? Uh, The one who had the really, really deep voice nicknamed Moose? Who was it? What did was he wear? It? That was Greg Monroe. Greg Tony Monroe. Delk. Tony Delk is correct. Let's go. I know. I remember Tony. Uh, no, no. Dwayne didn't have double zero. No. So Tony Delk is one. That's oh, the- Brendan Biacek's got it, huh? Who? Yes, he did. JaVale McGee. JaVale, JaVale McGee. McGee. Damn, mm-hmm. I know there was. Uh, okay. So there Damn. you go. Tony Delk and JaVale McGee. Tony Delk, I believe, had a 50-point game. Yeah, he as a son. I remember that, yeah. yeah. Just he some went, fun facts. He went crazy so, yeah, that night. Almost a 60-point That doesn't mean anything in this deal, but just <laughs> some fun facts for you um, as Suns fans. Eric, we got on Super Chats. Did we get to everybody's today? All right, awesome. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye, you guys? I got a back spasm right now. <laughs> Flex like, I got to get up out of this chair. I, I think the Suns have gotten marginally better. I'm a little more confident in the bench with Royce O'Neal than I was previous to this yeah i agree i think you added a potential player who can survive in your playoff rotation that's all you could have asked for heading into the trade lit deadline hopefully they look to the buyout market and add another guy that maybe fits that same category that would be optimal but even if you don't you still have devin booker kevin durant and bradley beal yeah and that was they made their big moves last year and yeah. over the summer i f- i feel good i think you add royce o'neill uh, who's a player that will be a playoff rotation player. I think you get the young kid who's a project, um, former first-round pick, Dave Roddy. I think you keep your flexibility because you still have two more picks plus Nasir Little that you can continue to grow Nasir or at the very least in the summertime you have options now with his contract. And so I thought the Suns were very smart about how they handled this. I think they got better today. They got better for today and tomorrow in a sense because I think adding Roddy and not trading Nasir gives them more options down the road. And you also got two open uh, roster spots for the buyout market, which is very appe- very appealing for team for players looking at uh, the Valley of the Sun who fit into the parameters. So 
yeah, I thought it was a good day. Um, not a great day, but a good day. They got better. All right. So a lot of people are saying so about tonight's game. And then Steven's asking no 3 p.m. show. Um, for the rest of the day, here is the schedule. <laughs> We're going to go do other things for a minute. And then we'll come back and we'll have a pregame show for you at 630 to get ready for the game that the Suns are playing tonight at 7. Uh, sorry. But and then we'll have a post-game show for you, too. Sorry, but we have to sit here for five hours in these chairs. That's that's <laughs> the rule. I'm dying. Flex's back is going to give out. Right, I'm telling you. It's going to give out. I'm dying right now. But then we got a report from Chris Haynes that says P.J. Tucker will not request a buyout and remain with the team. So we're getting conflicting oh. reports here. What? Why would P.J. Mark PJ. J. Spears says buyout a pair is unlikely for P.J. Tucker. P.J.'s oh, like, I can't move the uh, 250 pairs of it's shoes. It's just a lot of work. So on to the next. Let's figure it out. I mean, they'll they'll get creative here and and figure out how to fill those two roster spots. And I, I can't wait to see what the rotations look like this evening. That's what I'm excited for. Oh my god! Somebody just uh, Trevor Booth on Twitter just retweeted an old Royce O'Neal tweet from 2013. It says whoever disrespecting KD, play me one on one. LOL. That's nice. hilarious. <laughs> We've got KD's new protector. All right. <laughs> Hey, maybe. Maybe we got two now. We got Nurk and uh, <laughs> He's that type O'Neal. of dude. Royce mm-hmm. is tough. I'm not mad at it. All right. Well, thank you guys all for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. If you're here on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button on your way out. It helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it. If you are listening wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. And, of course, be sure to give the show a follow on social at phnex underscore sons. You can also follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. And you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Head over to our Discord, the PHNX Lounge, if you are a diehard. Flex and I will answer your questions here in, in just a little while. And uh, just remember, if you weren't traded today, at least you don't have to move. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs>